comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to The Black Box. How come you never told me? Number of times that you've been on this podcast, number of times I've talked to you, the number of times we've hung out, you never ever told me that you used to spar with Rampage Jackson. Nah, I I seriously, for real, I for real thought that I told you that before. I thought we had talked about it at least, you know, at CGS Super Show or or some other con. I I can't remember exactly who I was talking to that told you that that I that I told, but I'm pretty. I thought you were in the group at the same time. Mm-mm, no, no, no. You was talking with some other black dude because it wasn't me. <laughs> but, but, uh, that's kind of true. That's, so you you was mistaking me for somebody else. Yeah, maybe it was Julian. I can't remember, but I remember. Uh, well, no, it wasn't Julian either because he didn't know. I don't know. I can't remember. But um, he was in in Memphis. He used to train in Memphis and uh, uh, at our school. He started out at our school and stuff and. Uh, he had his main his first fight was was through our our school and stuff like that. And um, um, we used to spar every once in a while to get him trained up and stuff. And and, and uh, that was before he knew stuff. He knew he knew, you know, uh, the the ends and outs of the game and stuff. And then he ended up going to Japan to pride. And um, man, he came back right before it was like maybe like a month or two before he was getting ready to uh, to sign with the UFC. Uh, before I think Pride, I mean UFC bought Pride, mm-hmm. and uh, we sparred. And man, that dude, that dude was 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 coming into the the school smoking people. Man, I mean he was like, <laughs> you know, punching folks across the room, picking them up, slamming them, stuff like that. And I was like the last person he sparred and stuff. And um, man, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't pretty. He hits very hard. <laughs> <laughs> he hits very hard, man. And and the the uh, cool thing about it, he gave me some good props. You know, gave me props on my kicks and stuff like that. And you know, because I was trying to use them to keep him off me, or keep him off of me and stuff. And but uh, but yeah, that's that's to no avail. Yeah, dude is tough, man. That that sport by itself, man. I used to love. I I still love fighting, but you know, I I I can't. I couldn't. I, I decided artwork was my thing. You know, after waking up and. You know, staying staying hurt for a, a, a month, a week or so. You know, and, and um, I also hurt my neck a couple times too, man. Mm. Uh, where I couldn't move my neck f- to the left. My left, my neck got my my head got stuck looking to the right for like at least um like three weeks. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. After that, I was just kind of like, nah, I'm probably gonna just stick to this uh, this artwork right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, you, you know, in the long run, you're better off for it. But it still doesn't mean that you can't roundhouse kick somebody in the face. No, no. I I would lo- I love to do that. That's fun. That's a that's a Tuesday for me. <laughs> that's a Tuesday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, so you you got to get that violence out your system, son. You got to get it out your system. You're getting like me, always just angry. Mad at the world, <laughs> wanting to punch people in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> now, for those uh, who are new to the black box, the person that I'm talking to on the other line right now is a artist. Uh, he's also a martial artist. Uh, he's done a, he's done work all over the comic book industry, and he is a man of many talents. 
And he also runs a studio where he teaches students the art of comic book sequential artwork and more. Mm -hmm. uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Martheus Wade. Martheus, how you doing, sir? I am great. I am awesome, dude. You, you, you like have the best intros, man, for people, dude. It's like, oh, I need to, I need to just get you to just anytime I come into a place, just to be able to, I just get that on, on, on some type of recording or something. Just play it before I, before I come into a building. Yo, man, that's awesome. See, you know what you need is you just need like that that Titan Tron WWE Raw opening. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and like I can just be that dude with the microphone, like. Uh, how like Alberto Del Rio has that announcer dude for no reason? Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. I would be that dude. Just don't call yeah. me Bentley Farnsworth and we cool. <laughs> oh, and I can come out the little flip. Game over, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's we playing at Lexington, dog. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. I'm playing at Lexington, man. For real. No Why? Joke. What is your infatuation with Little Flip? Little Flip, game over, dude. That is the coolest. That man. That that do 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 do. Dude, he, he, dude, that's awesome, he, dog. He sampled <laughs> Namco's Pac-Man like he wasn't exactly. going, like he wasn't going to get caught. Sampled it without without paying the license fee, and Pac-Man came back and bit him in his ass. Dude, 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 that's awesome, man. You know, game over. Flip, flip, flip. <laughs> dude, that's awesome, man. You cannot say that it's not catchy. It's catchy. If you come out to that, man, I'm telling you, if we ever do something at San Diego Comic Con, man, and, and we end up taking over comic books. All the listeners out there listening this right now, if me and Sean end up taking over comic books, we are going to come out to a con to a com uh, to a, a panel at San Diego Comic Con to Little Flip in a light show, and we're going to be wearing Ric Flair belts and boas and stuff like that. And we're going to be coming down playing the belts, the championship belts, just like Hulk Hogan did. But it's going to be to Little Flip. Game over. You better get you, now. You better get permission from Julian Lytle before you do that, because he has been mentioning <laughs> that for like a decade. So you need to get clearance on that before you even try to do that in the general public. See, but Julian be Julian be with us though, so okay. you know it, it all it all see it's all it all works out. My <laughs> contribution is little flip. If I can just come out the little flip, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm I'm coming out the little flip in Lexington though, man. Like Yo, man, don't be and don't be, man. You know you're gonna have to play that radio edit at the, at the show. You, you know you can't be play, you can't be playing that unedited version. Kids gonna be no. walking around the booth. They be like, what's that noise? No, no, I'm playing the straight up. I'm gonna drown out the rap dude that be around us at the uh, convention, <laughs> man. I'm gonna drown him out with Lil Flip, the unedited version. Okay, <laughs> all right. Now see, now look, see, now we got to get into to our conversation. You're talking about conventions. The reason why we are doing this episode, this episode, um, which is called Southern Ho Hospitality, we are talking about the Lexington Comic and Toy Con, a.k.a. Lexington Comic Con, a.k.a. LCTC, and myself, along with Martheus, and a couple other special guests that are going to be on this episode are going to be there. And we all have things jumping off at LCTC, and I wanted to give Martheus a moment, you know, a moment of time to talk about some things he's got jumping off. He's going to be at table 320. Um, he's going to be connected with Action Lab. Um, Action Lab will have tables 301 and 302, so it's kind of like an L-shaped joint. And so we will all be right there. It'll be myself, Martheus Wade, and also 
writer-creator Joe Gron of the comic book Pirate Eye, released by Action Lab Entertainment. So we will all be there doing our thing, but Martheus will have his own special wing, and he's got something major planned to kick off at LCTC. So why don't you tell him what you're trying to do? All right. I'm excited about this this right here, man. Aside from having like the uh, the you know my comic book stuff that's going to be there, I'm going to have my graphic novels that are on sale, and I'm going to have my um, um, Tour of Gun Angel graphic novel on sale that just came out not too long ago. Um, it turns out that the tour of character, the graphic novel, sparked interest with a producer, a uh, movie producer. And he is actually wanting to make that into a live action feature film. Now, what we're actually going to do is, is that the the script has already been written. The uh, actress has already been signed um, and she's actually come. The costume has been made and she's actually come in and 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 um, did some photography and actually she's done some um some um, um, trailer work as well. What he's at, what we're actually going to be doing there is kicking off an Indiegogo campaign to do the first, uh, the beginning um, intro, intro, the beginning of the um, of the uh, actual feature, and we're going to take that and actually show that to produce to other producers and things like that, trying to get interest. Right now, interest is extremely high in what the uh, tour character can actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of fandom out there that like her, um, even sometimes more so than Jetta. You know, she's got her own strong fans as well. The book came out really well. People enjoyed uh, the hell out of the read, and um, that's how that's how I ended up getting this interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're we're kicking it off at Lexington Comic and Tour Convention, and it's gonna go 45 days. Uh, after that, so we're trying to get uh, uh, get this money together, um, so we can go ahead and do something that is kick ass and off the wall. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Martheus um, is the creator of Jedi Tales of the Toshigawa, um, which is also available digitally at Comicsology under the Action Lab banner. Yes. But Tura Gun Angel is a character that came from the Jedi series. Right. And and for those this, you know, for those this may be their very first episode of the black box. Um, can you tell the people the differences between Jetta Tales of the Toshigawa and Tura Gun Angel? Well, Tura and, and the Jetta Tales of the Toshigawa stories, Jetta actually um, Tura is Jetta's sword sister. So she is she actually ends up uh, was the one that taught Jetta everything she knows about the Katana Blade. Um, but in the story. Uh, they get separated, and the Tura story, the Tura Gun Angel graphic novel, is about her uh, Tura's story uh, inside the greater Toshigawa universe. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the reason why we broke it off is because, the, like I said, the character um, started getting her own um, um, fan base, and people started really wanting to see what happens with her and wanting to see her more in the story. I couldn't be able to service that. Uh, that story well, I couldn't be able to tell that story well and then be able to mesh it with the main story because that's just too much to put into one book. So I separated it off and made it its own book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference is, is that um, where the Jetta story is steeped in a lot of a- anime and a lot of manga influences, the tour story is that as well, but it has more of a gunplay uh, almost spy type of uh, environment. Um, Jetta um, Tura is actually a um, ninja who uses her power, her her abilities, and her her martial arts skill as a bounty hunter. 
and um, she is, she is actually in America uh, um, taking on bounties that put her up against like the yakuza. It took her up against uh, rival uh, uh, rival um, uh, mob families, and it also puts her up against the uh, the uh, local police as well. So it's a little bit a little bit different. It's not as mystical and not as martial arts oriented, even though it is steeped in that um, that type of. It, it has a tinge of that that type of that type of stuff as well. You're doing this Indiegogo uh, project to raise money to do like the opening sequence, which you can just, you know, basically you can say you're, you're using this to pitch this movie to producers. Yes. Um, now, and see, this is like way different than like uh, months, many, many months ago. It was, it was last year. Um, the, the people like Eric Powell, the creator of the um, indie comic, The Goon from Dark Horse, mm-hmm. uh, did a Kickstarter where right. he and um, I think it may have, may have been the director, uh, David Fincher. I'm not 100%. I can't remember offhand. I apologize for not having all the facts and all the ducks lined up in a row. Where they did a Kickstarter for a high amount of money to do mm-hmm. a short feature. Mm-hmm. And for those that donated, yeah, you got like autographed, um, autographed uh, you know, posters and books and stuff like that. But nobody got to see the finished piece. That, yeah. that, that that was going to be pitched to to, uh, to studios, whereas with what you're doing, people are going to be able to see that final piece. You, right. you know, for those that donate. And now, how much are you trying to raise for this? Um, we're trying to raise eight thousand. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, you, you're right. Uh, that's one of the things that we looked at was that you know we didn't we, we didn't think it was really fair for people to be donating and not being able to see what they're donating to. I mean, that's just the whole point, you know? Right. Um, so we make it a point to be able to have that, that to be shown, um, and to, you know, for, for, especially if you donate a certain amount, you'll be able to get your own personal copies of the thing. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, if you donate enough, then you actually be able to come in and, and be a part of it as well, as well as, um, possibly be able to, uh, have your own, um, private viewing. And private parties sent to, brought to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know we're trying to make it as easy as it, it is possible for you to be able to, you know, become a fan of the work, be a part of the work, and enjoy exactly what all we've been put into it and what we enjoy about it, um, about the story and about the character. We want you to be to enjoy it as well, you know, just as much. So you know, um, what better way than sharing all the stuff that you actually are contributing to? You yeah. know. Right. And as far as rewards go, what are the like reward reward tiers like? Like where do they start and where do they finish? Um, well, we've got we got ones that uh, are as low as five dollars and we've got ones that are that are as high goes from five dollars all the way up to five thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, there's something in there, some great stuff for everybody. Um, for instance, like for twenty five dollars. You get a promotional one sheet tour poster autographed by the lovely actress Rachel Eilig. Man, she was so cool to actually have into uh, in town and work on the tour uh, tour stuff for man. Uh, so you get to um, get something signed by her. The promotional one sheet plus for that same twenty five dollars, you get a VIP pass uh, invitation to be an extra in the opening scene to be shot in Memphis. 
um, mm-hmm. either in summer or in the late summer or the early fall. Um, but you have to be 18, of course, to be able to, to come in for that. Right. Um, 18 or, or older. Plus, you get a VIP pass for that same $25. You get a VIP pass invitation to the opening scene after party with the cast and crew. Stuff like that. That's, you know, that's 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 awesome right there. Right. And um, and like for other tiers, people will receive like a digital copy of the of, of the uh, short. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, for like fifty dollars, you get an exclusive. Well, actually, I'm sorry. For the t- for twenty five dollars, you also get a digital download of the tour uh, opening scene. Mm-hmm. So you can go and digitally download it. You get your get your key. You can digitally download it, and and you can have it. You get that it's yours to save off. For like uh, fifty dollars, you get an exclusive uh, special edition tour promotional DVD autographed by Rachel Eilig. So there's you get another you get there's another opportunity to be able to get a a copy of it but this time in dvd form that's signed by the the actress and a copy and a copy of the opening scene script autograph autographed by uh, director producer uh greg gray and you also get a special thank you and the credits on imdb plus um plus the items in tier in the 25 dollar tier i mean you, you see what i'm saying i mean it's just you get so much stuff for just pledging just because we want to be able to say thank you for helping us get to where we're trying to get to you know what i mean no no definitely yeah yeah um there is for uh, let's see for the a hundred dollars you get a print copy of the tour gun angel opening scene comic book autographed by me (laughs) um and a tour um, gun angel shirt and the items in the fifty dollars tier so um you know the 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 comic book is actually going to be um it's a we we have two of them. We got like a print copy and a digital copy. Um, for the fifty dollar one, I mean for the hundred dollar ones, you get the uh, the um, print copy. So um, that's awesome as well, man. I mean it's it's just a just a whole bunch of stuff, you know. For two hundred and fifty dollars, you get an associate producer listing on the opening credits and on IMD IMDb, uh, and also you get an original eleven by seventeen black and white piece of artwork of tour gun angel artwork drawn and signed by me who hey i'm the creator haha <laughs> um and then you get a um you get a tour one sheet poster signed by autographed by uh, rachel eilig as well as a vip pass and an extra and to be an extra in the, in the uh, scene as well mm-hmm. so it's a lot of man it's it's a lot of good stuff dude it's a lot a lot of good stuff dude i mean we've got We've got tons. We got tons of stuff. Tons oh, yeah. of of tiers and places for you to jump in. Oh yeah, and lots and lots of rewards to give for you know for whatever's donated. Um, you know, yeah. you said rewards. The the uh, donation tiers start as low as five, go up to five grand. This sounds like you're definitely trying to give people options, which is good. Yeah. Um, which is good, but also at the same time, not so many options as to overload somebody's uh, overload someone's senses as right. Were. Right. So no, right. it's a smart move. You're going to debut this um, Indiegogo project at the um, Lexington Comic Con, a.k.a. LCTC, um, right. on the 16th and 17th, right? Right, right, right. We're gonna we're gonna put it up there. Um, we're gonna you're gonna be able you could be able to come come up to the booth. We're gonna have uh, the actual promotional posters and stuff that we're gonna be giving away to people that donate, and um, <clears throat> we're also gonna have um, the uh, the produ- the director producer will be there and he'll be able to sign and stuff and you'll be able to talk to him and see what the scope of the f- of the film is going to be. We're also going to be 
uh, having on two 50-inch plasma screens, we're going to have the um, the trailer to the teaser trailer to uh, to the Tour of Gun Angel movie playing as well. So you'll be able to see exactly what the quality is that you'll be donating to. Along with that as well, we're going to be having. Um, you know, I'll be there. I'll be there drawing illustrations and stuff, and I'll be drawing, you know, sketches of Tura, um, and I'll be there to sign anything as well. Um, plus, on top of that, you know, still, still keeping it within the family, we're actually going to have um, on the on the big screens. We're going to have a uh, we're going to have Tura uh, the teaser trailer, but we're going to also have the Konoichi Hime um, uh, commercial that we shot for the new uh, book that I'm doing for Action Lab Entertainment at the end, uh, I think at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, we're going to have that as well as we're going to have um, shots from X01 and a rock solid steel bots by the great and all powerful Sean Pryor and uh, Action Lab Entertainment. And then we're going to also have um, uh, shots from Pirate Eye by Joe Grand. So that's going to be on there as well. So uh, that whole our whole section is going to take over. It's going to take over. <laughs> now, for those that don't know what uh, Kunoche Hime uh, translate in English means, what does that mean? Kono, oh, yeah. Kunoche Hime means ninja princess. So um, it's all th- that book is going to be cool, man. It's an all ages tale about um, um, dealing with the characters from the Jedi, Jedi tales of the Toshigawa world. But, you know, they what but when they were all coming up in the ranks of the Toshigawa when they were smaller. So, like, Shiandria Toshigawa, a.k.a. AKA Jetta, was 14. Tour is 18 in this. And some of the other characters in there are 16, uh, 14 through 16. It's really cool to see. So we'll have a preview issue of that that'll be there as well, uh, and along with the, the Jetta graphic novels proper, man. It's going to be awesome, dude. I'm looking forward to it. Now, will you also be doing commissions? I heard you'll be doing, like, you say you're doing tourist sketches, and Jetta sketches, but will yep. you be doing commissions as well? Yeah, I'm doing commissions. Um, I'm doing pencil and ink, a little bit of Copic marker, to Copic marker grays um, on 9 by 12 uh, Bristol board for $30. So I'll be doing those and um, taking my list. I'll start my list, my commission list early on Saturday, and I'll probably be drawing until Sunday. Okay. So uh, I'm a limited limited number because I I always end up taking way more than than I actually should. <laughs> yeah, and I sit there the whole time looking at my paper, and uh, I won't be able to go talk to um, any Power Rangers myself. So I would like to do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you want to talk with uh, Karen Ashley and Walter Jones. Um... Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I want to go talk to them, man. I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna go. I'm, hey, you know what? I'm gonna convince Walter Jones to dance with me to Little Flip. Game over. What is wrong with you, man? Walter Jones don't do the hip hop keto no more. Zach don't do the hip hop <laughs> keto no more, dog. Although you do know he, he used, do it. He, he used to be a dance champion. That's though. the power. That's the power of Little Flip. Game over. What? I don't. I don't understand. That's the power. I don't understand. You. I don't understand the infatuation, son. I don't. I. I, I just don't. <laughs> it's not. It's not just a. Like a wizard world, wizard world type con. There are going to be plenty of artists there. Like Jamal Eagle's going to be there. I'm excited to see Jamal. You know, he's got Molly Danger coming out soon, and like my boy yeah. Roger, Roger Stern is going to be there. One of my favorite comic writers of all time. Uh, I think I think Mike Grell is going to going to be there this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like just like a slew of artists, a slew of creators, a slew of independent publishers. You, toy, you know, toys 
toys are plenty. I mean, trust me, toys are plenty. Plus all like you know the entertainers mm-hmm. from our childhood, Billy D, Billy D Williams, and oh uh, yeah, you know all ty- all types of cats. So it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun, and and I'm really excited to do this show again. It's you know it's my hometown it's my hometown show, and um, you know I you know kind of take a, a sense of pride when I do it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah, man. But um, it should be a blast for sure. Just promise me, promise me, when you see Walter Jones, you will not hip hop keto in front of him. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because I got my I got my um I got my uh my my um. Uh, my lunchbox, my power is your lunchbox, lunchbox that everybody signed, man. I'm going to hip-hop keto up to him with it and just do the wave and hand it to him and see what he do. First off. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like poking a bear, man. It's like poking a bear with a stick. I'm going to see what he do. <laughs> He's going to do a bicycle kick on you. <laughs> and then a fight going to break out. And then you're going to be on the Lexington local news. Dude, that might be a good look, though, because then, because then, you know, you know, indie indie go go sales might go up, and then you know the stock of LOI goes up. So I might take one for the team, man. Just no, do it. No, no. See, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna move on to the next subject. You mentioned LOI Studios. Yeah. I've mentioned LOI Studios lightly a couple times uh, on the Black Box podcast, and what LOI Studios is is a studio, a uh, compo- you know, comprising myself, um, artists and talents such as Martheus Wade and some other people uh, that will actually be at LCTC. One thing we're doing is, even though myself, Joe, and Martheus will be holding it down in the 300 block, in the 600 block where the you know the the, the 600 numbered tables are, there will be an LOI Studios table. And um, and actually, we'll have a couple of people uh, holding that table down for us. And what we're doing, we are selling Bristol printed artwork um, from Martheus Wade, uh, Tressa Bowling and Justin Stewart. And and Martheus um, has some special Bristol uh, Bristol prints available in small quantities. Um, They're exclusive to LCTC only. And um, a lot of it's you know, Power Rangers centric because this is a this is also not only is it a big comic convention, it's also big on Power mm-hmm. Rangers. And he's done some exclusive Power Rangers artwork um, that we have printed in Bristol form that will be mm-hmm. available for sale limited quantities only. Uh, that will be for sale at said booth. So if you go to table six fourteen, that's the LOI Studios booth. You can get you some uh, nice premium um, artwork at a nice price. Plus, that's going to be the only place that you'll be able to get the uh, the uh, Black Ranger Dino Power print print that I uh, uh, that I have that I uh, did. Oh yeah, the um, I'll have the original though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have the original. So if you guys want to get the original of it, you have to talk to Mister Sean Pryor there. But uh, um, but yeah, um, that's the at the LOI table. That's the only way they're going to be able to get get that to finish off the the. Uh, Tommy Oliver triptych. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got the <laughs> trifecta. You got like the the, exactly. the 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 white tiger MMPR piece. You got the mm-hmm. um, the Dino Thunder Black Ranger piece, and you also mm-hmm. have the uh, Green Ranger um, MMPR piece. And they right. um, they are very nice. Uh, they are very nice, very nice Bristol prints. And you. I, I you know they came out looking real good. And like I said before, limited quantity, and um, you know they're nicely priced because the originals. If Martheus had all the originals here, you would pay a grip for those. 
because those yeah. were, those weren't yeah. done in 15 minutes. They're like I said, you know, even though Martheus's nine by twelve commissions, like you know, just ink and pencil with like a little bit of Copics are nice. These are like full blown commission yeah. works that take hours right. upon right. hours to do. So um, you know, the prices that are set for the Bristol prints are kind of like a, like a fraction of what you would pay for the original piece. So it's a good right. buy. So like I said, we're trying to do it big this year. Before we move on to our next interview on uh, this Southern Hospitality episode, and the reason why it's Southern Hospitality is because my homeboy Martheus lives in Memphis, Tennessee, and our other other two guests are from the Lexington area, so we are all from the South. Uh, we are based here, so that's why the episode is called Southern Hospitality. The convention is in Lexington, Southern Hospitality, so now you know. But before we let you go, Martheus, can you let us yeah. know where people can uh, check out the uh, Tura Gun Angel Indiegogo project, find out more things about the Tura Gun Angel project, and where they can find you and all the things you do um, as well. Cool. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm um, I'm going to be promoting the this website pretty tough here pretty uh, pretty soon, but um, the TuraGunAngel.com um, is where you're going to be able to find. Uh, everything about the movie from the Indiegogo to um, um, uh, production, how production is going, the production company, anything about me and the creation team, uh, the creator team behind the uh, the graphic novel, um, as well as little bits about the character herself. So um, anything that you want to find out on there, um, touragunangel.com. Um, you can, you all, I'm also on Facebook, so you can look up, um, Martheus Wade on Facebook. Um, and, and man, I'm, I'm usually on there, um, saying something idiotic to my wife or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, um, on Facebook, you can also, that's also a link to Mall Productions, my Mall Productions fan page where, you know, it, 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 um, it's everything Mall Productions, all of our all of our comic books and graphic novels and everything that we're doing and discussions about art and stuff is on there. Um, you can also see us at uh, Mall Pro M A R I mean M A W P R O dot com, and that is our studio page. Um, and it has it's pretty much right now been taken over by the comic studio stuff where I teach classes. So I have my tutorials and stuff that are up there uh, on inking, penciling. Um, coloring, um, digital inking. One of my friends, Black Ant, uh, he did a digital inking tutorial uh, on there and uh, awesome stuff. So uh, shout out to him. Um, and then um, you can look up everything and all things Toshigawa, Toshigawa Universe stuff, uh, whether it be Tura, Jetta, Kanoichi Hime, um, Muley the Mule, anything like that is on Toshigawa.com. Um, and that's uh, T O S H I G A W A. Dot com and then also if if that's not enough for everybody um check out all things um cool all things uh icy uh all things league and all things independence on uh loistudios.com you know and just check out the coolness there because i'm linked on there as well and you'll be able to find all the stuff you know everything that's going on with me on there um as well as exclusive artwork that i'm going to be doing on there as well and then, you know, 
hook up with all the good with all the good artists in on there and um all the coolness and um, um be and be a part keep up with the crew be a part of the crew and we might have to have you back on the show sometime so we can get a little bit more in depth with the comic studio because i think that's you're doing a good thing with that and uh i would like to definitely Thanks, get definitely get more in depth with you on that because when it comes to you know creating comics and and learning sequential art and you know there are always so many ways to learn and you're providing a lot of options with your students of all ages um in in, in doing so and i want to definitely have you back on the show to talk about that yeah most definitely man i i love talking about it i just got i had a pod awesome podcast interview with uh jk uh woodward and um um, daryl taylor uh about uh the comic studio man and the reason why reason why i did it so you know yeah i most definitely anytime i can talk about that and talk about my students man i'm super proud of them because they actually ended up um they just completed their first comic book page um um, I gave them a script. They actually completed a page, and it's actually hanging up in the uh, in the uh, gallery and uh, in the uh, in the at the comic studio right now. So, you know, I'm I'm super super uh, super excited about them, and I'm also branching out into other spots and stuff like that, and hopefully be able to to uh, meet more kids and meet more people. Period. You know, not just kids, but you know, students. Period. Who want to get into this thing? And um, you know. It's about time we, we. It's about time we change the game and, and bring the entertainment back to comics, man. The the fun back to comics. Put it that way. Martheus, uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, I'll see you in a few days, brother. All right, man. All right, coming to you live from the uh, Black Box Studios, aka the basement, with a lot of stuff around. I got to clean up this room. <laughs> It is a hot-ass mess. Anyway, um, here on the show right now, um, you have heard her on this uh, podcast before. Uh, She was with the members of Boku Pop, but this time she is writing solo. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, she is a talented artist. She uh, is currently working on a project called Draculama. Uh, She will also be featured at LCTC, a.k.a. Lexington Comic Con, a.k.a. Lexington Comic and Toy Con. Um, She is a woman of many talents, um, I call her Lady T. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tressa Bowling. Tressa, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic today. Yes. Awesome. But we are here because, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh-huh. Um, you're also a member of LOI Studios. Yes. Um, I actually just finished talking with Martheus Wade a couple minutes ago. He told me to tell you what's up. Awesome. And he said that um, make sure you give him his $5 when you see him at LCTC. Oh. Um I think I forgot what that's about. Uh, well, I don't know either. <laughs> he, he, he just said pay up. He just said, oh, he okay, just said pay okay. up. Well, I'll be talking to him later on our oh, show. All right, so. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm, see, I know I'm just making shit up. I'm instigating. I'm what? instigating. Okay. But anyway. What's up, Martha? What's going on? <laughs> Give him my money, what? fool. <laughs> but, but no. Um, you know, as um, I was talking with Martheus and we were talking about LOI Studios for a little bit mm-hmm. and um, all the people that are involved in it. And a number of those people will be at LCTC. So I said it's only right, you know, we bring Tress on the show because you've been working on a, pro- on a project yeah. um, called Draculama. Yes. And Draculama is a, a comical comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I first saw it. At last year, was it? See, because time just flies. <laughs> You're like, what? It was like, when was this? When was this again? 24 hour comic book day. Yeah. And that took place last year. Last October. Last October. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate you remembering no that because I don't remember it's dates. Seared anymore. into my mind. Yes. And that was the first 24 hour comic book day that I ever went to where I 
participated more of as a spectator because at that time Sean could not draw. He just drew circles and made like fat cats. They were very nice fat cats though. No, they weren't. They were nice. No, they weren't. Listen, I've seen bad. Those were not bad. (laughs) Okay. Well, 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 I appreciate the compliments. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the very first 24-hour comic book book day that, like, I just went to and experienced. And it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I felt bad for some of y'all because, (laughs) you know, it's a pretty... It could be a really trying thing. It's intense. Yes, because not only are you doing... You were literally penciling... You know, penciling, inking, possibly coloring or, you know, gray toning or gray washing, Uh lettering. You are doing a full length comic book in 24 hours. And um, and that's where I saw Draculama Mm -hmm. because you had talked about it to me in the past. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I was like, I got to see this. (laughs) That sounds crazy. Yes, I got to see this. But for those that don't know what Draculama is about, Mm -hmm. um, what is Draculama and what inspired you to do it? Well, he's a llama. That is a vampire, and he dresses much like Bela Lugosi did for Dracula, um, you know, with the cape and the little uh, star emblem, whatever that thing is. Um, but yeah, I actually came up with him. I was doing a, not this past year, but the year before, um, in November, there's a website that does 30, uh, you create 30 characters in 30 days, mm-hmm. and you post it on the site. And so I thought at the time, I was like, well, that sounds like a neat challenge. And I wasn't really doing anything else. So I attempted it. I got through maybe like a week <laughs> of it. <laughs> and I was like, no. Um, but uh, Draculama was actually the first character I I created mm-hmm. for that challenge. And I, I don't know where he came from. <laughs> I just started drawing a llama. And I was like, I'm going to make him a vampire. <laughs> and so... Um, so then I, I just, after that, I couldn't really get the character out of my mind and, you know, trying to come up with, um, ways to incorporate him into a story. You know, I thought maybe he owns a petting zoo and, (laughs) (laughs) and he uses it to feed off of people. But then I came to, um, the conclusion, which was the 24 hour book. I thought, okay, that will be the, you know, the kickoff point for that character. I think that will be. I like doing the 24-hour challenge. It's, like you said, very trying. I had I'd done it. This is the second year I've done it. And so this was actually the first time I went in with more of a solid idea. Yeah. Um, you're not supposed to write anything down or do any character designs. So it was all kind of in my head, you know. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll just make a bunch of little uh, stories put together Um uh, for Draculama, and the tagline is um, "Wherever drama is near, Draculama will appear." <laughs> so basically, it was a bunch of little stories about um, everyday annoyances or kind of common things that people get upset about. And by the end of it, Draculama shows up and and eats the person that's causing all the drama. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's what I decided that the the twenty four hour book would be, and it. it you know, it went pretty easily. It was those last few hours. I was kind of like, oh, God, <laughs> what have I done? Right. <laughs> but um, but I think it came, to, came together pretty well. So so that's that's what he's about. He basically, he feeds off of the drama, and um, he loves it, and he doesn't really talk. Mm-mm. And I don't think he needs to. No, he, he lets his teeth do the, do the action. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's not necessarily... Um, 
kid-friendly. No. <laughs> <laughs> it may look like it is at first glance because the characters are, you know, kind of cute, I, su- I suppose. You know, mm-hmm. in Dracula Llama, I think he's cute. So I have this fascination with llamas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can tell. No, no, I know you do. <laughs> I, 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 I know you do. Want a llama farm? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember one time, first time Tressa sent me an image of a llama. I'm like... What the hell she do this for? I don't. I don't understand this. Explain this to me. She's like, I like llamas. The end. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, cool. That's your thing. Yeah. Slide. <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's, it's funny because when you got when you got finished with it, you post you posted posted mm. the comic on the internet, mm. and, and I think the thing that got to me the most was, and you mentioned it, you know, a moment ago, how. You have these characters that constantly, these people that constantly complain about first world problems. Exactly, yeah. Th- things that aren't really problems right. at all. Right. And they're whining about things that just have no relevance mm-hmm. compared to the scope of all the problems we have here and around the world. And Dracula is like, you know what, just shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> just shut the fuck up and yep. enjoy what you have. If you don't, I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you. Yeah. And and when the first set of folks. Um, Got got taken out at Cafe Lawa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like like you have these folks at the cafe that get taken out. You get like and like nobody's spared. It doesn't matter if you're a hipster, right? It doesn't matter if you're Honey Boo Boo. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're at the cafe that 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 folks and friends like to attend. <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't matter if you are that person that goes to the comic book convention. And, and like it just constantly talks to that person at a table for no reason. Right. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Anyone can get it from Dracula. No one's safe. Anytime. No one's no safe. No one's safe. No one's safe. Well, and it, it kind of came off of um, my my website. I have that was a, a web comic called Hate Inc. Hate Inc. It was basically a web comic about just that, like you know, hateful incidents. And uh, basically, things that I get mad about, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess Draculama was kind of almost me making fun of myself for getting frustrated over dumb things, and I'm yeah. like, you know, he's the solution to, uh, like you said, people getting frustrated over first world problems, and so a lot of it is stuff that I'm kind of like, yeah, a lot of this is stuff I get mad at, you know, <laughs> he might come after me, <laughs> but you know, a lot of it is, yeah, some. Uh, some major hate on uh, hipsters. Yeah. And uh, dubstep. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about the dubstep, <laughs> yeah. folks. It's like, it's like no, see, because like, I like dubstep music. Right. And, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. I in small it. doses. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. But, like, those folks that were in your Draculama comic, they were so into it. Mm-hmm. And they would pause and wait for the drop. <laughs> yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the drop didn't happen, so yeah. they started bitching and Draculama took them out. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the, for those who haven't read Draculama, though, where can they read it online right now? Um, you can read it on um, uh, the my Hate Inc. blog, which is H A T E I N K. dot blogspot. dot com. Um, I I need to post it on the actual Draculama <laughs> webpage, um, but you can uh, you can also uh, find Draculama. Um, it's D-R-A-C-U-L-L-A-M-A dot com. Right now, it's a work in progress, the website. Because mm-hmm. I just recently bought the domain for it. And right now, it's just his first standalone 
uh, little comic is up there right now. So um, I, I need to also post the 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 twenty four hour comic. But you can find that you can actually you can find that on Hate Inc. and you can also find it on my own personal art site, which is uh, birdiebowart.blogspot.com. You are a self-taught, self-taught artist, and you can flip your art in many different styles, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be you know cartoon art, fantasy art, self-portraits, you know standard you know comic book art, you know comic book sequential art. You've been able, you are able to. I don't want to use the word "be a chameleon" because, like, you think chameleon, you think Zartan, and then, <laughs> and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to flip it like that. But, I'm cool with that. <laughs> but, um, learning all these styles and yeah. being self-taught, I mean, it's it's quite a talent. And how, I don't want to say how long did it take you to do that because there, there's never a, a finite date. Right. Of well, I learned it on this day. On it, June first. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. But when did you start your foray into the world of art? Well, like many artists, I you know from when I was really young, I always remember if you sat me down long enough, I would start doodling or trying to um, recreate my favorite comic book character or my favorite cartoon characters, really. And um, so that it was just more kind of a passing hobby through most of my life. Um, it wasn't until I got into college when I was uh, I was a theater design major, and so there I was taught, and I think that's where kind of a lot of my different styles come from. Uh, but my focus was I learned you know all aspects with like lighting design and set design, uh, makeup and costume. Um, but my focus was on costume design, so I had to do a lot of um, renderings of clothing and. Mm-hmm different time periods and everything and and my teacher I had uh, he kind of each project we were forced to use either like a different medium or a different kind of style so I think that's kind of partially where it came from and also a lot of it's my restlessness is I'll get bored with certain styles and I'll, I'll start to play around with others which sometimes I feel like you know there are some people who get frustrated with artists that are like that and I you know, I understand there's... I, I'm envious of artists who have one definable style. Mm-hmm. And you see that, and you're like, that's so-and-so, you know? Right. So um, I'm envious of that, because I think that sometimes my art, you know, like you said, it, it can be very... I wouldn't say all over the place, but, right. you know. You know what I mean? It wasn't really until I got... I had a full-time job at a law firm, and I was, uh, I was making copies all day. That was my job. I would just make copies of documents and stuff. It was real fun. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I had a lot of downtime. And and I to start with, I was like, well, I'll just read. And so I read a lot of books mm-hmm. when I wasn't making copies. And, um, and then I started getting into drawing again. And it wasn't until um, I found this photo, uh, I think it was out of it, Entertainment Weekly, of Heath Ledger as the Joker. And I decided that... I was like, I'll just try and draw this to make it look like the photo, you know, mm-hmm. the photorealism with the pencil art. And I did it, and it turned out a lot better than I thought it would. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And so that kind of spurred um, a lot of people seeing it. And um, 
you know, I started getting commissions from people wanting me to draw their babies and mm-hmm. <laughs> families. And, and so I was like, oh, I can, I can make money off of this. And that's when I kind of started to um, do more conventions. And Baltimore was the first convention I did as an artist. Mm-hmm. I, I paid for a table and I was, it was a crazy experience. And that was, you know, what made me catch the bug. Right. And, um, you know, from there I started kind of trying to hone, you know, other forms of art, you know, like the more stylized uh, work, and um, and that's where it kind of went. I mean, it wasn't. It was kind of like a slow build up, you know. It was never anything. I mean, when I was really young, I was like, I want to be a cartoonist for Disney, you know. <laughs> and then those dreams were crushed later in life when they were like, we have this really cool stuff now that you could do with computers and like they look all 3D and, and I was like oh that's nice did you he- did you hear the rumor that supposedly uh, Disney is uh, shutting down the 2D the 2D uh, animated film division <sighs> I don't not no, I don't know I'm not 100% sure if that is uh, is really fully confirmed but if so it is heartbreaking cuz that would leave Warner Brothers and possibly I think like as far as major studios mm-hmm. uh, not production companies but major studios that probably leave, like leave one or two studios that still do uh, 2d animation um, it was a uh, Bruce Tim Bruce Tim talked about on one of the um, fat man on Batman podcasts with Kevin Smith mm-hmm. he said there there should always be a need for 2d and I agree mm-hmm. and uh, they were talking about the uh, Batman mask of the phantasm movie oh yeah and that was Warner Brothers, uh, one of Warner Brothers' first uh, feature animated films that went to a movie theater. It wasn't a compilation like yeah. uh, like the Looney Looney Bugs Bunny movie. All those Bugs Bunny movies that came out in the eighties were all compilation flicks that had some new footage, mm-hmm. but it was just basically yo. Watch this old cartoon again, right? <laughs> and and I sat down. If it came on HBO, whether it be um, you know, Looney Looney Bugs Bunny movie, Daffy Duck's Quackbusters, oh the uh, Thousand and One Rabbit Tales or something like that, mm-hmm. didn't matter. I was gonna watch right, it, right? Yeah. But but the the key thing that Bruce Tim said is that Mask of the Phantasm cost six million to make, which is pretty inexpensive, and they ended up making their money back like on video, like on video. It made a killing. But when they put it out, Warner Brothers didn't have an animation department department. So they're like, we don't know how to market this. Yeah. So they just put it out there. And then, you know, and the student like movie theaters are like, I don't know what this is, <laughs> you know. You yeah. know. So and that caused a problem. But it ended up turning out all right. And mm-hmm. now Warner Brothers puts out 2D movies right. on the constant, whether it be through Warner Premiere. And now that Warner Premiere is closed down, now it's going, going to go through a new division. And they're really great movies, and yeah. they're not that expensive to do. Mm-hmm. They, there's a cost, right? But the chances of recouping are always high. So I always feel that you need to have 2D, and it's okay to have 3D too. You can oh, yeah. have both, but the, it's just like sometimes the way Hollywood works, they have this mentality of, okay, this made money, so exactly. we got to just stick with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, uh. that's not always the case. It's, 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 it's not always what works. I what? Do... 3D's making mo- money? We need to make every single movie into a 3D movie. I'm like, no. No, no, <laughs> you, no you don't. It's I don't like, want to pay $12 for that. Right. I'm like, why would I want to see the sequel to Hitch in 3D? You know, it's like, Willie, I love you, but I don't I don't need to see, you know, I don't need to see you popping locking at, right. at the end of the movie in 3D. It don't make no sense. Mm-mm. Not saying that that's happening, people. I'm just that was just reference. That's all that was. I just made that up. There is no hitch two in 3D. Is this true? Yet. Yet. 
there's nothing wrong with having more than one style. Right. That my my personal opinion. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. So Well, I don't think so either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I think I'm slowly becoming, you know, better at getting even though it may switch up from, you know, what looks like maybe a chibi to, you know, a full figure that it still looks like a Tressa yes. piece. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Or, or, or the salty sketch cards. The salty... You know what? Those don't sell. Nobody wants the salty girls. What? I'm serious. I think I think that Wonder Woman... You bought that one, right? Yes. Uh, I think that's it. I like oh. the others have just been sitting there. Oh, yeah. Hold up, hold up. Hold I know. Up, up, I know. Up. See? <laughs> oh, okay. We got to talk about this then. See? Okay. Last year... Uh, I, I was at a show. I think it was uh, it was Derby City in Louisville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had all your sketch cards out in different sizes. And like I turned the page, and there's like these just salty sketch cards. And like, and they're just like folks. They just had these salty looks on these faces. Like, mm. <laughs> like, like Wonder Woman with the the worst look on her face. Yes. Like, very unhappy Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes. Every time every time I looked at these pictures, it's just like they're saying. We don't believe you. You need more people because I don't believe a fuck one fuck of what you're saying right now. And I was like, "Oh, this is awesome. I need this. I need this Wonder Woman." And then later on, I came to you and I said, "Can you give me a vixen like yeah. that?" Mm-hmm. So I have a salty vixen mm-hmm. and I have a salty salty Diana. Yeah, it's perfect. Why are people not buying these? I don't know, man. I maybe I need to knock them down in price, but I was like, they're half uh, watercolor and mm-hmm. half. Uh, Copic marker. Yeah. And it was just, you know, I was just playing around one day and I thought, well, that's a cute face, you know? And so I kind of started messing around with it. But yeah, they just don't sell. I don't know what it is. People aren't, weren't feeling the saltiness. Now, now I'm salty. <laughs> I'm salty because when nobody feeling me. Right. I am too. Who are artists or inspirations to you? I would say right off the bat, people like Amanda Connor. I love her work and I, I get all flustered around her every time I go to get like something signed I'm always like I love you (laughs) and so I love her work I have all of her you know her art books and the book that they came out with where it's just a bunch of her sequential art um her uh Scotty Young every time I see something new from him I'm just like I'm just blown away by the the whimsy of his work and just you know if if any of my stuff can have any sort of you know essence of that, then I feel good. But I love his stuff. Adam Hughes. I mean, the list just goes on and on. But the people that really hone in on those are them, and I they're constantly inspiring me. And and you know those days that I'm kind of like I'm not good enough. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I see something from them, and I'm like, all right, Tessa, get off off your ass mm-hmm. and do it. You know, so. Um, they're as far as comic book artists, they're like the top. Seeing that you know you're going to be at LCTC this year, which table are you going to be at? Six ten. Six ten. Okay, mm-hmm. you're at six ten, and I want to say LOI Studios is at six fourteen. Okay. And Justin's in six oh eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep, I got it down there. We've got, got like a whole block. Yes. Yeah. Y'all got the block. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, y'all got the block. So when you step into the 600 block, that's where you, yep. that's where you will see everybody, mm-hmm. um, including you'll be having you'll have you'll be doing commissions. Yeah, you'll have um, also other artwork available for sale, mm-hmm. and also 
at the, and you also will you have copies of Draculama for sale? Yes, God willing, <laughs> <laughs> they're supposed to come like literally the day before the con. Checked with uh, I've been getting them printed through Kablam. Right. And I was kind of like, I'm really nervous about this, guys. Is it going to come in time? And they're like, We got you. It was kind of, I got a message more kind of like, more or less, it was be like, Chill the fuck out. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Um, so I'll have copies of Draculama and I'll be doing little personal sketches in each one if you buy one. Mm-hmm. I'll have um, Draculama sketch cards. And um, yeah, like you said, commissions and the prices range, you know, from. Uh, you know, all very affordable prices, and I'll I'll have my price list. And also, uh, Justin Stewart and I, uh, we've done a another mini comic. Last year we did one called "It Came from Outer Space." Mm-hmm. This year it's um, "It Came from the Woods," and uh, it's just a little mini comic of uh, monster designs. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. So it's it's just kind of a fun little thing to pick up. Very awesome. you know, very affordable, and if you like both of our art mm-hmm. it's a perfect culmination see when, when you said it came from the woods i was like oh it's gonna be a horror comic i was about to ask you if the black people survive <laughs> no no sean okay, okay. <laughs> damn always first yes sad <laughs> no no yeah it's gonna be a, my my monsters are more like furry mm-hmm. uh horned adorable creatures and justin's are things that i don't even know where he comes from <laughs> I, I don't know where he comes up with it it's, you know, they're wicked. At the LOI Studios booth, there will be a print, um, a, a, pr- a Bristol print, uh, one in color and one in grayscale, of a regular show piece that has Mordecai and Rigby <laughs> in gazelle shades <laughs> and, run, and, and gazelle shades, can't go cap, gold chain, yep. straight up run DMC 80s. Um, we will have Bristol prints of that available um, some will be framed. The color ones will be framed. Oh. The gray scales will not be framed at reasonable prices. And those are by Tressa. Mm-hmm. So if you get one, you go to her table and be like, yo, I need you to sign this fly piece of art for me. <laughs> and she'll sign it. Yeah. And then you go get you a Draculama comic. That's right. And then, then you give her dap and then you go about your way. I'm real nervous about this show. <laughs> I get nervous about every show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll get... We're doing a live art Friday night in the bar of the hotel, I'm sure I'll be in a weird place then. Because I always get in weird little, you know, quiet moments mm-hmm. right before a con where I'm kind of like, don't talk to me. I'm in the zone. <laughs> I must focus. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know you collect original art. Mm-hmm. Um like like myself, well, I I try to. It's an addiction. Yes, it is. Um, whether it be like you know original pages or commissions. Yeah. For me, I remember in 2010, it got out of control. Like I had to go to rehab. Yeah. That's that that's that's how bad it got yeah. out of control. Especially with um in 2011, I had to stop because I went sketch card crazy. Oh yeah. Because I was doing a, a G.I. Joe sketch card thing. Oh. And, you know, I was just like, oh, I can get this one, and I get this one. And I was just like, stop. Yeah. Because it, it really got out of hand. But, no, like, you collect a lot of original original art. Um, what kind of art do you go for? Um, Anything and everything. Like, mm-hmm. if it just catches my eye, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, I, it's not... I'll just troll around artist alleys when I... I don't really go to many cons just for the fun of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I go to uh, C2E2 
um, just as a, a spectator. But I will. I love going through Artist Alley and just looking at everybody's work. And if I if I see something that just catches my eye, <laughs> it's like an addiction. I'll buy it. I gravitate more towards you know Catwoman pieces mm -hmm. or uh, Danny. Uh, really loves Batgirl, so if I see a really cool Batgirl piece, you know, get a f that for him. But like you said, it's like you almost have to like slow your roll yeah. after a while because we we're trying to look for a new house right now, and and uh, so all of our artwork and everything is put up, and I still got it, you know, those big plastic sh uh, protective sheets that they give you at cons. Yes, I've just got I don't know a lot of those <laughs> filled up, just like to the brim of. Of original art and commissions and prints I'm nervous to get to a new house and to open those up and be like all right how many frames do I need <laughs> oh 300 great <laughs> you know it's like no, see, it's, it's bad see, no, that's when that's when you just invest in some nice portfolio books mm -hmm. and you put them in the portfolio books and then you put them in a special room on a table because see if you put them in the special room so that means only certain people have access to that that's room. right Use you know. gloves. Exactly. Uh, it's gotten to the point now where I kind of look for little things. I'll look for sketch cards and smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. it, it's sort of all over the place. And it's the same for me, too. Mm -hmm. um, it really is. It just all depends on what phase I'm going, I'm right. going in. And, like, and not only that, but there's sometimes where it's like, oh, I have this opportunity to get something from so-and-so. And this opportunity will never come again. And, yeah. then, and then when you get that, your mind blanks out. <laughs> and you're just like... What do I want him to do? He or she to do? I don't know. Yeah. Just, just give me this. Yeah. And then I get him like, yes, this is awesome. And then I'll go home like, oh, I could have got this instead. I could have asked for this, <laughs> this, this. Why? All right, Ugh. next con. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. So. So see, and that I'm I'm this close. I don't, I don't know why I'm acting like I got money. I make I make <laughs> comics. I'm broke. Right. Um, but um, I I want to like build on. My G.I. Joe sketch card collection. Oh, my gosh. And I want to start a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe sketch card oh, collection. Oh, you should. Yeah, see? You're not helping me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not helping That'd me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, but I want to start Can that. I draw She-Ra for you? Oh, okay. <laughs> by, by all means, please do. Please do. But no, see. I mean, well, those aren't so bad. You can get trading card books and just fill those up. Oh, yeah. Well, see, here's part of the problem. See, here, see, see, there you go. You're not, you're not helping. I'm enabling. But, yes, you are, but that's okay. See, like, on my G.I. Joe thing, G.I. Joe cards, I have them in, like, various sizes, not just standard sketch oh, cards. Okay. I have, like, the, like, you know, some are elongated, some are, like, you know, pretty big, like, uh, Fred Chow. Uh, he did a book, Johnny Hero. Mm -hmm. Fantastic artist. Anytime you can get something from Fred Chow, you don't pass up on it, right? And um, and I remember a couple years ago, uh, he was at a show, it was a super show, Comic Geek Speak Super Show in mm -hmm. 2010, I mm -hmm. think. And I was like, "Listen, I know you're coming. I'm going to be there too. Can I get three or four GI Joe sketch cards?" And I was like, "I want Cobra Command, like the Cobra Commander and the Battle Armor. <laughs> um, I want Undertow and um, Captain Gridiron. No one wants Captain Gridiron, <laughs> dude." He was a former football player. Now he's a soldier. <laughs> and he's got a helmet with, he's got like a, a army helmet with like the football grill on, yeah. on the face. Don't nobody want that except me. And Fred got so hyped, he's like, oh, it's on. <laughs> See, yeah, as an artist, I mm -hmm. love it when people come up with, you know, characters. Because I've drawn a million Wonder Womans. Mm -hmm. She's she's kind of like my muse. It's mm -hmm. like, if I get bored and I don't know who else to draw, I draw Wonder Woman. Yes. 
It's like you've got certain characters that you're like, if I draw one more Wolverine, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> and then somebody will, you know, magically come up and be like, I want this character yeah. that nobody else knows about. And that, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to look that up. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes those are the best. Favorite James Bond theme? Live and Let Die. I should have known. Come on. I should have known. Paul McCartney. Uh, I should have known. I love him. Uh, <laughs> I should have known. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> we all come from like different generations uh-huh. of and whatnot. And we've all seen Batman in many, many incarnations, whether it be television, anim- animation, uh-huh. film, you name it. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite Batman? Who is my favorite Batman? Who is your favorite Batman? Oh. Well, and this can span cartoons. Oh yeah, I would say Kevin Conroy. He, I mean, when I think of Batman, his voice comes into my head. He's the voice of Batman. I grew up with the animated series and mm-hmm. just watched the hell out of it. And as an adult, when I was like, I can buy these on DVD. What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't get me wrong. I love Christian Bale. I think he's a pretty badass Batman. But um, what would you have done if I said George Clooney? <laughs> would you yeah. even like leave <laughs> podcast over flip table right. we're done here. no you know what you can see like here's my thing about Clooney Clooney was a cool Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. I had no problem with Clooney being Bruce Wayne okay yeah honestly I didn't have a problem with him being Batman what I had a problem with was that movie that they put him in right yeah you know oh, it's God. when you go to the tonight show or any talk show and they say yo we hear you're filming you're the next Batman and your response as an actor is, yeah, we just started. We just started filming. We don't have a script. <laughs> Anybody got a script? We're, we're taking scripts right no. now. Anybody got a script? He he literally said that. Well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he yeah. said that on late nights off television. And I was like, this movie is doomed. <laughs> that was a dark time for us geeks. It was you know, a very dark time. You know what? But see, see <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is that in a way, I'm glad that happened. Because mm. that film still made money. That film still made an ass ton of cash. And the thing was, but it, had, it was so critically panned, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers was just like, we're just shutting everything just down. Shut we're just, just going to stop for a while. <laughs> but the thing is, is that if they would have made the next film, mm-hmm. the next film would have been called, I think, Batman Triumphant. What would have happened was, whoever was going to play Batman, they were, I think they were, like, they were going to involve the Scarecrow. And the Scarecrow, you know, has that, you know, the, um, you know, the uh, scare gas or whatnot. Yeah. And there would have been a thing where basically Batman would have been fighting his inner demons and they were going to bring the Joker back. Ah. And I don't know if Nicholson was going to play the Joker or not. Uh And like all this stuff was in negotiations. I think Jeff Goldblum was going to play Scarecrow and all this other crazy stuff. Jeff Goldblum would have made a great great Scarecrow because he's nuts. But (laughs) But when you look at the way Batman is now, like this Batman for like the Nolan Batman is steeped in so much realism. Mm -hmm. So when you look at Cillian Murphy... You're like, man, this motherfucker is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's Scarecrow. I love him. I know you do. I do. Listeners, don't watch Red Lights. Take it from me. Just because we're Gorney Weaver's in it and Killian Murphy. Don't do it. Oh, Robert De Niro's in it too? Mm-mm. Don't. Wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Talk yeah. to what's, what's the name of this movie again? Red Lights. <laughs> don't watch it. 
Oh, no. You know what? See, but... Okay, see, now you now you didn't start something. Yeah. Because there was this movie where Cillian Murphy was on an airplane with uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah, Red Eye. Red Eye. <laughs> what did, see? She stabs him in the neck with the, <laughs> the pin that has... Oh, what is it, a Frankenstein on the end of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's I'm like, awesome. I'm like, mm, I can't deal. Mm-hmm. I, I can't deal. No. Although Cillian Murphy did have that small cameo in Tron Legacy. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to have a bigger role in the next one. Yeah. I'm sad that the cartoon got canceled, though. Me too. That was pretty awesome. It's a good cartoon. It is a, it is a real good cartoon. It, it was nice. Uh, Eric Canete, uh, Canete did a bunch of the... Uh, I hope I, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. If I didn't, I apologize, sir. But Eric Canete did a bunch of the designs for Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible artist. Yeah. Incredible. It just had such a cool style to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plus, plus, it had the voice of Bruce uh, Boxleitner as Tron. That's Scarecrow and Mrs. King right there. That's <laughs> 80s TV I'm talking about right there. Now everybody's just like, I don't know what the what? fuck Scarecrow and Mrs. What's King happening? is. Take your old ass off this show. Lexington Comic and Toy Con, March 16th and 17th. Mm-hmm. You'll be there mm-hmm. at table 608. 610. Shit. <laughs> at table 610, you will be there. Yeah. And you will have art for sale. You'll be doing commissions. You hopefully will have Draculama Comics uh, for sale. Yes. Yes. And so also, your art is also featured on your own websites as well as the LOIstudios.com website. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we recently posted on that website the Storm Rising piece. We've also posted um, a bunch of sketch cards that you've done and other pieces and more things to come. And um, if you could do me a favor yeah. and let people know where they can reach you on the internet, okay. I would appreciate it. That's what I was just now looking up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do you find me? Yeah, I, you can uh, find me on Twitter at uh, Tressa Bowling. Um, and that's, I believe, all one word it's no dots or any underscore or anything silly in that nature yeah just at tressa bowling and it's t-r-e-s-s-a bowling b-o-w-l-i-n-g like the game um and also if you want to i guess you know if you're on instagram i post pretty much everything i do on there um so if you want to follow me on there uh my my name on there you can probably find me under trusted bowling on there but mm-hmm. it's uh birdie bow it's b-i-r-d-i-e-b-o find me on my podcast boku pop um much like sean we are a you know pop culture podcast and we record every week uh they'll be sitting next to me at the show so you can find me on there um and also if you're interested in commissions uh, you can reach me at, on my email. It's uh, uh, tressa.bowling. JK, it's Tresina. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tresina. I don't even know my own email. That's awesome. That's okay. That it's infor- cool. Your, com- um, your commission information is also available on the LOIstudios.com website. Yeah, it's it's tresina.bowling at gmail. You can find me all there, and um, come see me at my table. Please don't I ask. I don't, won't bite. <laughs> please, don't, please don't ask for weird commissions. Yeah, if yeah, if you could keep those to a minimum. <laughs> I mean, some people don't think they're weird, though, Sean. Right. That, that, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yo, I need a commission of Yoda sitting on a toilet eating a Twinkie, son. Can you give me that, son? Oh. <laughs> I guess. I guess in a galaxy far, far away, they still have Twinkies. Or toilets. Or toilets. I haven't even thought about that. You never see a toilet. You never see a toilet in Star Wars. 
Ever. Well, you know, most things you never, they never address how they go to the bathroom. Oh, no, no, that's fine. And I don't need to know. Right. You know, I don't need a coffee break in the middle of the movie. Like, yo, I got to take a piss. <laughs> let me get, let me hop on the space toilet before we hit hyperspace. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need that. There's yeah. some things we can go without. I understand that. I don't, I don't need all that decompression. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Tressa, thank you for, for thank hopping you. by the show. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> well, cool. And you're welcome back anytime. Awesome. So next week. Not that no, not not know? no, not next week. I'm, I'm what going. What about the week after that? Is that cool? You're not, you let me know. You, you're not helping. You're not helping me right now. <laughs> you, you said any time, Sean. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
No, I mean, it's it's awesome because, you know, you talked about, you know, you just talked about that you've done, like, a lot of coloring work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you also do, you know, penciling work. You do inking. As a perfect example, right now, you're inking um, a future Action Lab book that comes out um, next year, mm-hmm. um, drawn by Martheus Wade, the, um, Odin Jones, yeah. um, right now. And, like I said, you're a jack-of-all-trades, and you've learned a lot. Where did it all start for you? When did you walk into this and say, you know what, I want to do art? This is what I want to do. When did it all start for you? Well, as far as as drawing and and stuff like that goes, I've always done that as a kid. So art has always been with me in some form or another. And then when college time rolled around, I started out as an art major. Mm -hmm. And then I did a little research, and I'm like, God damn, these dudes don't do it. You know, I can't can't guarantee a career in art when I I graduate. So I switched to graphic design and... Back then, that was that was uh, that was new, and and it was, uh, 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 I guess, an exclusive realm to get into because there weren't a whole lot of people thinking about it. Um, nowadays, you know, you can't fucking throw a dead cat without hitting a graphic designer somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? But but back when I graduated in uh, in two thousand, it was it was a chic sort of subgenre of art, um, and then that sort of led to, uh, you know, and I've always been interested in comics. And sort of my, you know, foray into graphic design, it led me to research. Okay, well, how do, you know, how do you put comics together? Mm-hmm. So I learned about pagination and and uh, stuff like that, and, and four color printing, and and this, that, and the other. Then that led me to okay, these guys do all this stuff on Photoshop. So and this was before YouTube, so like I couldn't, you know, I had to dig, man. <laughs> yeah. I had to fucking dig to find out. <laughs> What the hell is going on on, yes. on how you how you color comics and letter comics too? Because mm-hmm. that was when I first got uh, affiliated with or used to using Illustrator um, stuff like that. So it was really just digging around trying to figure out how guys did it, and then I would just try to download black and white pieces from the internet and try to color them that way. Right, um, and then. You know, one thing led to another, and I, I did a, a web comic for a while, and that sort of helped me develop how to separate line art and then color underneath that. So I sort of honed my abilities working on my own stuff, mm-hmm. and then that was a, I was able to translate that to working on other people's stuff. Nice. So yeah, that's right. That's so it's right. always been around, and it's just sort of it's all flowed into each other and out of each other so it's yeah. like um, you know I, I try to touch all facets of comics as as my creative river flows along I first met you like face to face at a show there was like this show that uh, uh, I, can, I always mispronounce his name it's like Jersey Drozid Drozd. Drozd, thank mm-hmm. you. Jersey Drozd. I've mispronounced a lot of names during these uh, LCTC, Lexington Con, uh, LOI Studios recordings. So to everybody's name I mispronounced, if you're playing a drinking game, you should be pretty drunk by now. Um, I am. <laughs> but um, um, they did a, uh, it was kind of like a kids love comics type com- Well, it, type was, thing. It, it was it was called Upfair. Yeah, Upfair, yes, thank you. Thank yeah, you. and it was organized... Um, by Jersey, but more so by Sarah Turner mm-hmm. of Cricket Press and Mark Rudolph, who's an illustrator uh, that lives in Detroit. Okay. So, and also a guy named Kevin Cross, who mm-hmm. is an illustrator that lives in Portland. Right. So they were they were 
really important in bringing that show together. Yeah, and it was a nice show. Like, cause yeah. originally I was going to table at the show, and then some things fell through, and I just couldn't do it. But I was like, you know what? Let me go out here and see what it's all about. And it was a lot of fun. It mm-hmm. was cool, and that's where I first met you. And you know, we were like, I, I gave you some like books I did from back mm-hmm. in the PKD days, and and you gave me a book. Um, as a matter of fact, still have it right here. Sounds, sounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when when you're doing your when you were doing your thing back in the day with quarantine comics mm-hmm. and everything, and and you know that got us to talking, and and you ended up doing some inking work on uh, on some old PKD books, and uh, and then from there time went along, and then I stopped by for a Boku pop interview. I was like. I know that dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know that dude. He got that fly Cobra hat. I want yeah. that hat. Yep. Can't have it. No, no. It's smooth. <laughs> Listen, y'all. It's like, it's a blue cap, red Cobra symbol on the front. Black bill. Black bill. And it's just hard. Yep. It's hard. I'm talking like NWA 1980s hard. Yep. I want Fitted. that hat. Wool. Got the Cobra logo on the back as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just, hot, gonna, man. I'm just gonna drink my beer. I'm, I'm a little bitter right now. It's hot. You mm-hmm. know, you you cope how you need to. I know. See, between you <laughs> and Julian Lytle, y'all got the flyest ass hats I've ever seen. Julian's got the fifty, like the fifty fifty GI Joe hat, and mm. it's got comic book art on it, mm-hmm. and it's GI Joe comic book art from Mike Zek, and mm. it's got like the the um, the cover from uh, I forget which GI Joe issue, but like Storm Shadows on one side, Snake Eyes is on the other side, and I'm broke down the door. <sighs> Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. <clears throat> that's a uh, that's dark territory for me because mm-hmm. I if if I were allowed to, um, aka if if I were not married and had other <laughs> responsibilities, I would have a fucking closet full of hats. Yeah, I'm addicted to hats. Yeah, and guess what? I can now break out my old, um, I guess you would call them script hats. I don't know mm-hmm. what they, but I had a. I had a Bulls and a Supersonics and a and Raiders hat from yeah. back in the day where it was just like the just the stitching, just the, yeah. the script stitching. <laughs> yes. They're all they're all snapbacks. Yes, yo, yeah, yeah. Man. Oh man, those used to be oh, those used to be everything. Weren't they like made by that company called The Game or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I used to work for a place called uh, Fanfare. Mm. And they used to be a big time sport like sport uh sport apparel shop um in, in like the late eighties, early nineties. And college kids would come and like buy the um, South Carolina caps because it said Cox on the front. Yeah, you know they yeah. would they would buy those or they would buy the UMass hat and then like take the stitching out of the M out so it say U ass. Mm-hmm. But they used to buy those all the time. Yeah, but um and the but no I remember I remember those other stitch ones though those are some nice caps. Yeah, mad nice caps. See now you done got me reminiscing. Want me to put on some? I want to put on some Apex One gear. So you can see Apex One and some starter gear when they had on the college and, li- and pro licenses. My high school, like my like my senior year of high school through like yeah. my first two years of college, I was all startered and apexed up, dude. Um, in fact, it was only two years ago I think I finally got rid of my Oakland Athletics pinstripe starter jersey. <laughs> I held on to that shit for a long time. Man. Yo, no, no, no. Like, we used to go to Value City. We used to go to Value City, and, like, right before the fall, they would be blowing out, like, a lot of clothes from, like, the previous year. And I always used to get, like, Apex One and Starter and starter track suits. Yeah. Because, like, that's when you could wear track suits as outfits, and then nobody say shit. And, and like, you know, on the top would be a pullover top. I had an LSU, I had an LSU uh, Apex One pullover. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like windbre- windbreaker pullover with the matching purple pants. Yeah, I had a Texas a- <laughs> I had a Texas A and M Apex One outfit, and um, all, all t- dude, all types of crazy shit. Yep, and um, that 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 was a, that was a joint. You had Apex One starter, like you know, and this was before like Nike and all these other companies really started to really invest. Mm-hmm. And like you know, those licenses for the NFL, yeah. Major League Baseball, and everything. But because if you had a starter, if you had a starter cap, you was somebody. Yep. I even gonna get into that that Shaquille O'Neal clothing line, Twism. Because <laughs> I had some Twism shit too. I had some. <laughs> Jesus man, I, I would I would edit that out. No, I'm not yeah. editing that because <laughs> Twism clothes was nice. It was nice. Man, I spoke. But yeah, man, I had a, I had a, I rocked a satin Hurricane starter jacket for a while. And I had the uh, I had the black um, the black starter hooded Raiders jacket for a while. Oh, nice! Man, that was nice. cold. Yeah, I, I finally gave up. I finally gave up my uh, white socks. I had a white socks uh, jacket. It was a starter jacket. It was like one of those like rain. Is that one a one a rain jacket? It was kind of like a summer slash spring jacket. Mm-hmm. And it was like black with the gray. With you know when they when they flipped to the to the uh, official symbol. Yeah. We, we, I call it the official symbol because it hasn't changed since, but it was during that period of time where people started buying that gear because they're quote unquote, they're like, it's gang affiliated gear. <laughs> Black and white and silver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't yeah. care. This jacket is dope. Yeah. Uh, and like it, would, it had been in my closet for years. I finally, I was just like, you're not wearing this ever again. <laughs> you really need to let this go. But see, here's the thing, man. Some, some uh, hip hop hipster guy is going to buy that jacket, and he's going to rock it. Oh, yeah, man. And he's going to rock it with some skinny jeans and some <laughs> bright pink-ass Osiris skate shoes. Yeah. I might have to punch that dude in the face. Your jacket may be famous someday. Yeah, it probably will. Probably will. Singing some Macklemore and Lewis. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but no. See, that's that's so weird. Again, it's all, and so this, this, this weird tangent, but it's um, I find it fascinating that now... In uh, in this day and age, you can you can see you can track the wave of fashion through Goodwill and thrift stores. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you could go right now probably to a to a a good stocked a well stocked Goodwill and and come stepping out of there like you were in an NWA video. Yes, you know. Yes, or better yet, no, I'm telling you, or right? at least a West Side Connection video. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could be dressing like Dub C and Mac Ten in a yeah. heartbeat right now, <laughs> or better yet. Or better yet, you'd probably also be dressing up right now in some Carl Kanai, mm. um, some early Fubu. Early Fubu, yeah. The early. only thing you won't be able to find is eight ball jackets because I think those were considered crimes against humanity, and <laughs> they were all rounded up and burned. <laughs> no, or better yet, go to a Goodwill and find you some cross colors. Oh yeah, yeah. Cross colors used to be the shit. It was like you either had Bugle Boy, see that, and, and cross colors. That's where I went because. I wasn't, uh, I, well, I mean, for the listeners at home, uh, I'm a Caucasian male, so I was not able to get away with cross colors, because back in the day when you bought cross colors, you were you were simultaneously issued a, a Malcolm X necklace, <laughs> See, <laughs> and I, I wasn't allowed to wear that. So. See, it all depends on where you was. See, back when I lived in Middleton, when I lived in Middleton, Ohio, when the cross color stuff came out, you know, pretty much the majority of black folks wore it. But every now and then you see some white dudes in it, and the rule was is that as long as you don't perpetrate mm-hmm. and prep the role, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. But you step out of line, 
you know, this big dude over here is going to, like, rip your shirt off yeah. and throw you out the window. That, you know, it's, it's pretty pretty much the rule. But, yeah, man, those were, wow, those were the days. Remember when Bugle Boy, used to, you had to pay to get some Bugle Boys. Mm-hmm. And now, like, Bugle Boy shit isn't even in stores anymore, really. It's in some stores, like, like Dollar General and shit. Yeah, outlet malls. Outlet malls. Yeah. That used to, like, it used to be. Well, it's like starter shit being in Walmart now. Yeah, man. You know, back in the day, you could only get that at Foot Locker and you know, yeah, they don't in have, the mall. They you don't have li- the they don't have licenses anymore. They yeah. just make straight up like sweatpants. Yeah. They're like the Puma. <laughs> you know, they're like Puma. There was, there was a huge '90s windfall for for the the cats that ran Starter, and they're like, you know what? Fuck it, we got our money. Let's get out. <laughs> yeah. It was like, hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm good till like 2035. <laughs> I'm out. You know. Oh man, but those <laughs> were the days. Like it used to be. And, like, you could be that one dude that had um, shoes like you had a pair of Diodoras. Mm. See? Yeah. Diodoras, K-Swiss, yeah. uh, British Knights. I'm talking about British Knights before they gave Hammer. They made Hammer the exclusive sponsor for British Knights, British Knights. Yeah. Um, let's see what it was. L.A. Gear. L.A. Gear was shit. Yep. And Brooks. L.A. Don- Ge- LA Gear came with two sets of... of uh- Shoestrings. Mm-hmm. They meant business. Yep. They meant business. And like, uh, folks used to, I remember, folks used to clown on LA Gears. And I'm like, why y'all clown on LA Gears of good shoes? Yeah, man. And like, in every tennis shoe, every tennis shoe had a superstar athlete behind them. Yep. Walter Payton had kangaroos. <laughs> Shoot this. Which shoe. made no sense. I know. But that's fine. I'm like, he ain't wear kangaroos <laughs> on a football field. He ain't gonna like, cause like kangaroos. See, see, for those that don't know, kangaroos were like a tennis shoe sneaker, and it had a pocket. On, you know, it had a pocket, a zipper on, pocket, a, a zipper pocket on the side. Yep. Now here I am thinking, man, Walter Payton's for kangaroos. That's kind of dope. But then I started thinking, like a year later, it just like I was in class one day. I was like, how's he gonna wear kangaroos while playing football? He ain't gonna have a fucking playbook in his shoe. <laughs> Well, let me unzip this. I don't know what this play is. Hold on. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, the last time I checked, Kangaroo did not make cleats. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, that is a mad tangent. All right. All right. We go play Where back we go from here. Track. You're going to also be at LCTC, a.k.a. Great. Lexington Comic Con, a.k.a. Lexington Comic and Toy Con. Um, you will be there in the 600 block. Yep. And you will be there. You'll be doing commissions. Um, you will have, also have um, other things available for sale. Tell, tell the people um, the stuff that you're going to have available. Yeah, I've got two, actually three new prints um, that will be available at the show. Two that feature Lando and Chewbacca because both of those gentlemen will be there. Yes. Um, and then another print that features all of the Power Rangers that I drew. Um if you go into the show, uh, undoubtedly you will see a giant ass banner hanging from somewhere, whether it be on the wall or the ceiling or whatever. Just look around, you'll you'll find it. But it's a giant banner that I did for the show that features almost all of the guests that are going to be there in their respective media characters. So I drew Chewbacca, I drew Lando, I drew all the Power Rangers, I drew. Abe Sapien, mm-hmm. you know, essentially all the all the media guests they're going to be there. I drew their characters. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <clears throat> so look for that, and then based on that, if you like those, if you like what I did on the banner, then those are the characters that I've translated to eleven by seventeen prints. So you can come by my table six oh eight 
and get some prints and then go get them signed because everyone that's that, that are on my prints are at the show so you'll be able to get them signed by everybody there and then hopefully that'll be a nice uh, souvenir for you and i'll also have uh last year i did the cover to the vip exclusive comic that was given away in the in the vip bags i did uh many posters of that cover which i will have as well i'll, nice. be, I'll be selling those now I'll, I'll be wheeling and dealing so if you're looking for something i can probably get it for you cool <laughs> And also at the LOI Studios uh, booth, uh, mm. booth uh, 614. At booth 614, we will be uh, selling uh, prints, uh, Bristol, printed on Bristol, Bristol prints, um, framed and unframed pieces of artwork by members of LOI Studios, such as Justin, uh, Martheus, and, and Tressa. Those prints are sexy, man. Oh, mad yeah. sexy, yo. Mad sexy. And one of them is a print, it's going to be either a 6x8 or a 5x7 of a snake eyes piece that uh justin did it's real nice i always love your line work thank you man always love always been a big fan of your line work so we're going to have that available um both framed and unframed at reasonable prices um for you and if you buy one that puts money in justin's pocket and uh, that will make justin happy and that will make his wife happy and that will make his daughter happy yes because that means that means his daughter can get more batman figures correct correct i you know again that's the that's the best thing about having a child is that you can then cruise the toy aisle uh and you have an open excuse yes look this ain't for me Mm -hmm. okay this is for her see i don't have that excuse i just walk down the aisle i'm like fuck i don't care yeah I'm, i'm here yeah. I'm here for a reason. <laughs> I want some shit and you don't have it. I got to go. I'm out. <laughs> and there's nothing worse, though, than going through a tour aisle and you find something. It's like, oh, this is neat. And the package is all damaged and destroyed. Mm. I'm like, I can't buy this. I can't I, I can't buy this. I mean, yeah, I could go home and set it free. You know, take it out of the package, set it yeah. free, and put it somewhere. But it's like, this package is jacked up. And I, I just, it just feels so broken and dirty. Maybe it's because like I'm anal retentive. Sure. And you don't have to agree. <laughs> no, oh, okay. I, understand, no I, understand, I understand. I have to like if I'm buying a figure or something from Walmart or mm-hmm. Toys R Us or what have you. Um, if there are more than one mm-hmm. of the figure that I'm wanting to get, I will compare them. Mm-hmm. And I will get what I think is the best looking figure on the shelf. Yes. That are that is available to me at that time. Okay. So I got you, man. I, okay. I, I feel you. See, I didn't know if you just fucking with me at first or not. No, no, like, no, no, uh, no. But nine times out of ten, I'll set my shit free. Yeah. But I like having it as crispy as possible. No, I, I when understand. When I bring it home. No, no, I feel you. No, I feel, I feel you because I'm I'm at this point now where like I there are a lot of toys and a lot of com- a lot of collectibles over the years like I've parted ways with yeah. some I wish I didn't like um now I've talked about it on the show a number of times SWAT cats. Oh, yeah. When uh, Remco came out with the SWAT Cats toys, they had like three or four figures. Um, you know, SWAT T-Bone and Razor. Mm-hmm. And um, like uh, uh, like the wild, the, the, the uh, evil doctor and um, oh, I can't remember, Dark Cat. They yeah. had like those four. And they were supposed to come out with like the big jet, the SWAT Cat yeah. jet later. It never happened. But I had T-Bone and Razor. Never opened them. Pristine in package. And I was preparing for a con one year and I needed money. And so, like, I had gotten rid of, like, the SWAT cast stuff, some Power yeah. Ranger stuff. Because, like, I still have some original Power Ranger stuff that I won't part with. Sure. But there was some I was like, you know what? This is cool. But I know right now I can get X amount of dollars on the market for it. Yeah. Let me go ahead and get rid of it. Some of that stuff I regret giving up. SWAT cast figures, I got rid of them. And I remember a year later the cartoon was on Boomerang. And I was like, damn, this cartoon is the shit. Oh, I sold them damn figures. I was pissed. 
I was so pissed and and I was just like, I want those back. And I can't find them. And if I do find them, what they want for what people want for them. Shit, man, yeah. It's ridiculous. And and again, if you're a if you're a toy vendor and someone's interested in something you got, give us a deal. Man. <laughs> just give us a deal. Because I guarantee you the shit's it's it's gonna stay there. It's gonna stay there. I will I will say this. <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of Dan Brereton's Nocturnals comic book series. There is a a local comic book store um, that I have gone into that has a Gunwitch mini bust that came out circa 2003-2004. I go in, I see it. I've seen it for years. I mean, it's been there since you know since it came out. Yeah, yeah. And I keep asking, hey man, how much how much for that Gunwitch bust? And the guy has to pull it out of the case, look at the bottom. 45. Like, I'll give you 20 for it right now. <laughs> nah, I can't do that. Dude, there's another one. I see it behind the other one. You have two <laughs> that you've had for goddamn nine years now. <laughs> Can you not cut me? I guarantee you, I will, I will give you the extra $25 if you can find someone in this town that will... A know who's that knows who that is, right. and B is willing to buy that bust. And because of that that property, the cost of depreciation alone is probably is it's probably already surpasses cost of depreciation, right? Because some busts do actually gain you know gain like monetary you know value sure. as time goes along, but some don't. Yeah, and that one probably has not. No, it has not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I went to eBay and got it for seventeen dollars mm. shipped. <laughs> See, you so, can't you can't beat that. You, so you yeah. Can't. You, so toy vendors, if there's somebody interested, cut us a break, man. And and like if you come to LCTC um, during the weekend of March 16th, March 17th, Sunday is going to be a great day. Great day. Because people are going to try to just get rid of shit and they don't want to take it home. And I hope you buy a lot of Action Lab books and a lot of Tressa, Tressa Bolin artwork and a lot of Justin Stewart artwork and a lot of Martheus artwork and a lot of LOI Studio stuff at their booth because that way we can go shopping. Right. Right. Yes. yes. If you help us, we will help, help you. you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We aim to please. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I, and I know it's wrong for me to say just buy our shit, but you know what? I want to buy some Joe figures, <laughs> or I want to give you some Joe some Joe sketch cards. Right, and, help us feed the fever. Yeah, oh yeah. We're not just gonna sit on it. Mm-mm. I'll put it back into the economy in a second. Oh yeah, sometimes too quick. <laughs> like, oh, I did our. Oh, I didn't spend it all. Before <laughs> I even count, like, let's go. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I'll walk out of there and I'll be like, mm, I got uh, I got a box of these figures. That's about three commissions and a dozen sketch cards <laughs> worth of cash. I just. Yep. Oh, better not tell the missus about these. Yeah. No, honey, I only had two sketches today. Just two. Just two. Slow. slow. Day. Sorry. What about them figures? Oh no, no. Somebody just gave them to me. It was like I heard you a fan. Yeah. And uh, what's this receipt? Well, you know, they bought it and they gave me the receipt in case I needed to return it. Well, you signed the receipt. You know what? We really don't have to talk about this tonight. You know, I'm I'm kind of tired. I'm going. Your feet look like they hurt. Let me rub those feet for a little bit. You look tired. Let me, play some, let me play some Jodeci for you. Hold let on. Let me play some Jodeci for you. You need some wine? I got you. I'll pour you a glass. Just sit right there. It's fine. Baby's asleep. We're all good. Whew. Two days later. <laughs> you mean to tell me you made $17 at a two-day show? Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember. 
started starting early. When you start doing conventions, you don't pay attention to the costs that are that that you that you inhibit until years later. You're like you go to a show, like well, I, I thought I did all right. Like hey, I sold two hundred dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, it's like well, my table was seventy five. Yeah, gas was about twenty. <clears throat> then I ate, and I did room with some friends. Yeah, I made five dollars. Yeah, and in fact, it's crazy because the you know. Getting new prints. This this show is like the show that I went ahead and and I went all in with. I got a, I got a vertical banner mm-hmm. based on your recommendation. Thank you very much, oh, sir. You're very welcome. Um, so I've bought you know a ton of of art supplies and markers for the live art that's going to happen Friday night mm-hmm. of LCTC. If you're, if you're around, if you're in town, come down to the to the Heritage Hall Center where it is. It's it's in the front section. Um, me and pretty much all of the artists that are exhibiting at the show are going to be doing live art right there in the in the main entranceway to Heritage Hall. Nice. So you know, all that stuff rolled into one. I'm already in the red, like two hundred bucks. Mm. So help me out. <laughs> <laughs> at least let me break even. Coming from where you you're coming from as an artist, sure. trust me, I get it. I get it. Like you like Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. at that one episode where he was doing his uh his like sixty second uh, stand up special. Yeah. And then he got done. He walked up to the camera. He's like, fucking pay me! <laughs> and then walked off. <laughs> yep. You know, but no. We, we we say that in jest, but it's it's all in fun. Seriously, stop by these tables. They're going to be mad hype. Yep. You want to talk to, once again, if, they, if you want to talk to Justin at, at Lexington Comic Con or, or Lexington Comic and Toy Con or LCTC, and you want to talk about some Carl Kanai and FUBU or even some Mark Echo clothing. Hey, man, we talk, we'll talk about Zubaz. We'll talk about Z Cavaricci. Come on now. Come we'll on, talk, son. Who, who made that? Who made the leather hats that had the uh, the metal Compton oh. riveted to them? Who made who those? made them hats? Or better yet, when you would get them like uh, le- leather hats, who thought leather hats were a good idea? I used right. to. I remember, and and the whole thing was back in the late eighties, early nineties, is that yeah. if you had a leather hat. You didn't put the leather hat on your head. You would take the leather hat and take the strap and put it around one of your belt loops yep. and sport it that way. Yep. And I had a leather Mercedes-Benz cap. In, in 10th grade, I had a black Mercedes-Benz cap. And I took the cap <laughs> and I tie you on. I took it around the loop, put it around one of the belt loops. I was like, yeah. And it was like, man, that's, that's dope. That's hot. I was like, cool. And I had a leather, I had a leather book bag. That I took from my stepdad, and it had like a metal plate on it. It was like a fake metal plate, and it said Brooklyn on it. Oh shit! And it wasn't Brooklyn spelled out. It was B apostrophe K Y L M Brooklyn. And like all the white kids be like B Klein. <laughs> That's funny. B Klein. Brooklyn, son. So that that uh, that leather bag was destroyed in the beatdown that you gave to people who made fun of it. I kept that Brooklyn bag from like tenth oh, grade, tenth grade to like my first year of college when the zipper broke, mm-hmm. and I think that was just somebody's way of saying, "Let it go, son. It's time. It's time. Let it go." <laughs> but, um, so I will chat you up about any of that stuff. All right, cool. And where can people reach you on the internet? Uh, you can go to justin three thousand dot com or hit me up on Twitter at Justin3000, it's J-U-S-T-I-N-3-0-0-0. 
Awesome. And he and you can also find Justin on the Boku Pop podcast. Mm, yeah. And you can also find him on the LOIstudios.com website. Yep. Um, pieces of his artwork are there. Links to his sites are also there as well. If you are interested in anything that I have to offer, there is no excuse for you not to find me. Yes. So true. <laughs> so true. Well, well, Justin, man, thanks for coming on the show, man. This this has actually been a long time coming. I've been wanting to do this for a very long yeah. time. So I got to get you back on here, man. Sure, absolutely, man. And uh, thank you very much. And anytime you want to do that 90s clothing retrospective, I'm in. You know, I, I did find a box about six months ago that did have a Z Cavaricci suit in it. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> I would get it away. Wait till I'm for I gotta find my pictures from the nineties when I was in high school. I had some Z Cavarici shit, so I went to Chess King and I was down with the Z Cavarici son. Man. <laughs> Man. Oh. Oh yeah. Midwest life, baby. Midwest life. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes this week's Black Box. The Black Box is a member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at HHWLOD.com where you can download previous episodes of this podcast as well as Donnie Salvo's Tales from the Attic and John Carroll's The Carroll Chronicles. This podcast is also available on iTunes. The Black Box is also a member of the Comics Podcast Network. If you're on iTunes or the Forum for Geeks board, feel free to leave us a comment. You can also reach the podcast at blackboxpodcast1 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next episode, dream big, hustle hard, and never stop. I'm nervous about it. I get nervous about every show, though. But. Nah, I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. And seeing and I and I am, am not an artist yet. Yes. One day. Fat cats. No, <laughs> nobody wants to look at pictures of round fat cat. Just like circle, circle, <laughs> circle, circle. There's some little ears. Yeah. Oh look, no, there's some whiskers. People love cats. Internet is proven. People love cats. I, I know the internet loves cats, yeah. but, but still. If no. I will, I will, I will love people even more if they come up and ask me to do a grumpy cat <laughs> for them in any assortment of outfits. Yes. You know, I need to post the grumpy cat Sherlock Holmes yeah. on the LOI Studio site because, see, I blame you. Tartar Sauce posted it on Facebook. What? That's right. Really not. His Facebook, well, he. I saw a post, you know, I follow Tartar Sauce because he's awesome, and um, they posted uh, that they, you know, if you send in your memes of of Grumpy Cat, mm-hmm. that they will eventually post them. And I was like, well, I'll just send him my uh, my Sherlock Holmes Grumpy Cat piece that somebody commissioned me to do. And um, and it, it's it's not like an original Sherlock Holmes. It's mm-hmm. Sherlock from the BBC series. Right. And so um, he just says, this hat, I hate it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I, so I just, I dropped it into their message and I was like, you know, hey, I did this. If you want to post it, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. And then it was like a couple weeks later. It was this past week. I saw it like I was like looking at Grumpy Cat pictures, and I was like, "What?" And there it was. <laughs> so, so yeah. Look at she done going viral. I know. Nice, very cool. Still, nobody wants to see me draw fat cats. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, now.
Nobody, fuck, nobody fucks with that cover. Cause and then I open it up, and it's got that double-page spray where they're all hanging by their legs. Yeah. Oh, man. That wrecked me as a kid. I was like, holy shit. It wrecked you. I, I was like, this isn't supposed to happen. Exactly. This this is the... Co- no. I'm like, that's Ironhide hanging dead yeah. from the rafters. <laughs> oh, and I was like, this doesn't happen. You know, even this- after watching the movie, and you know, Optimus dies, mm-hmm. but... You know, in that in the next cartoon series, he came right back. So I was right. like, okay, cool. But still, but in the comics, they did not give a fuck. Right. In the comics, <laughs> it's like we're gonna do whatever fuck they. Oh, Optimus is dead. In the movie, shit. Ooh. All right. So now we gotta come up with a way to kill Optimus in, 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 in the comic book. So we are gonna put Megatron and Optimus in the video game. Yeah. And Megatron cheated the whole time, and Optimus <laughs> cheated once to really save somebody's life. And Prime One, I cheated. You need to hit that button and kill me. What? <laughs> oh, I, I remember when I finished reading that. I literally was like, "No!" And I just like threw yeah. it. I yeah. just threw it. I was pissed. This is not real. Uh, you know, it's but see, you know what's you know what's weird about all this shit, man. What's weird is I had the hardest time as a kid accepting Transformers Marvel comic continuity mm. because it didn't follow the cartoon. Yeah, but I had no problems. Accepting that there was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when they came out comic book form, mm-hmm. the cartoon turtles, which were completely different than than the comic book turtles, yeah. and I was fine with it because yeah. they were both awesome in their own ways. Plus the Archie Turtles animated comic book, which represented this, you know, represented the animated series, yeah. and all this other stuff, and. I didn't care. But it was all completely separate. Yeah. The shit with, you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe comics is like they didn't they didn't make the distinction between any of them. Yeah. It's like it's all Transformers. It's all G.I. Joe. Yeah. And, and and like the issue three. Spider Man is in an issue of the Transformers to which now, you know, Marvel's like, no no no, but that wasn't six one six. It's right. another alternate I'm like, come on, son. Nobody don't nobody give a shit. No. Nobody cared. Yeah. Fucking Peter Parker showed up in the in the symbiotic outfit. Why wouldn't he? Like shit is fucking cold as hell. <laughs> I was like, Spidey Man, Spiders in the Spider Man's Transformers. Like, Mom, I gotta have this book. Yeah. I was like, we gotta get this. She's like, Ooh, Spider Man, honey, get that. Go ahead and put it put on the conveyor belt. Come on, let's go. Spider Man and Transformers. Oh, let's go. Hmm. Oh man, he used to have them bomb ass commercials. Yep. Advertising comic books on TV. Unheard of. Unheard. Just brilliant. Fucking yeah. brilliant. Yeah.